Thanks for listening to the One Voice Podcast. It's a safe place for conversation on relevant topics with real life stories to encourage and inspire you along life's journey of healing from sexual abuse. I'm Mary O'Brien and now Nicole Braddock Bromley. Welcome back to the One Voice Podcast. Always so excited to be together. I'm grateful for this space where we can chat about hard things. We can hear stories and just relate to one another on this journey of healing from sexual abuse. It's long, it's difficult, but I think together, you know, it just makes our days a little bit easier when we know we're not alone and that there's others out there who are going through some similar things. So last time we were together, we had one of my dearest friends with us. And just sharing her story. And I know so many of you have related to her story, have found inspiration from her journey. And I'm just excited to have this three-part series um, together with my friend where we can dive into more of what her healing journey has looked like, um, just so much of her wisdom from her experiences and um, just to laugh together too. I've, I've just had so much fun. So I'm glad to have you back with us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. Awesome. I'm excited. It's so fun to be back together, April. Thank you so much for joining us for all these different episodes. This is going to be really fun. I'm excited. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So I really wanted to talk about what has changed since your interview a year and a half ago for Unleash. So we listened to this interview. Um, we all kind of were engaged in this in the last couple of weeks, but that was a year and a half ago. So you have had a year and a half of healing. Um, so let's just, let's start there. First of all, I cannot believe it's been a year and a half. That is crazy to me, mm. but so much has happened in such a short amount of time. Mm. I mean, like we've talked about before, I just, I feel like it was just kind of boots on the ground. (laughs) Let's do this. Yeah. I finally, for me, the project changed me. Yes, but it did more than change me. And it helped me be extremely transparent about my abuse, Hmm. but it also changed the trajectory of my whole family unit. Hmm. And every relationship in my family is different because of this. It's amazing. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. And, and that can probably feel really scary. Yes. Yes. yes, Because I also think that that is the, the exact reason why I stayed silent for so long, Yeah, because I knew that the future of my family solely relied on how I was going to handle my abuse. And I didn't want that responsibility. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to be responsible for my family falling apart. And I didn't want to be responsible for shining the light on the, on the ugliness that was part (laughs) of our family. Yeah. But in reality, it wasn't me that was tearing our family apart. And it wasn't me that committed that horrendous act. Right. So it wasn't it takes me that a while was, to get there yes. though. Because I think for, for many of us, we get, we get so used to walking in the same lane. Right. Like we don't talk about Bruno. That's right. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> it's like, that's right. Yeah. But we don't. And we all are, you know, our kids don't know about this right. thing. So they have this certain yep. kind of life. But that's then right. if we shed light and we see what's in the lane next to us, or we begin talking about that person and, you know, now it changes how everybody views certain yes. things. It, it changes how our family interacts. It changes dynamic- everything. Yeah. And I wholly mm-hmm. believe with everything in me that you cannot heal what you do not reveal. Mm. I believe that with everything in me, Preach. you've got to reveal it. So then we can heal it. That's right. And you've got to talk about it. So then, because when you talk about it, it, it just opens up everything for you. And for me at that moment, I did that project. Unleash was amazing for me. And we did the project and I just learning to love myself became more important 
and protecting the perception of my perfect family. Mm. And I will not apologize for that any longer. I refuse. Say that again. <laughs> but I mean, it's everything. No, I mean, it. It say it again. Is. Learning to love myself became more important than protecting the perception of my perfect family. Okay. And I will not apologize for that any longer. Yeah. I refuse. Yeah. That's such a big leap for you though, Huge. April. Everything. Yeah. Because it was not part of my... We are all raised in a very conditioned environment. We don't realize how we're being raised. We don't realize we're being conditioned because in our minds as children, well, this is the right way because it's all we know. And we believe it's right because we're children. We don't know anything different. Mm -hmm. So I was conditioned to believe a certain way of life. I was raised in a very patriarchal world. You know that. And I was to be seen and not heard. And I was supposed to cover my crazy a little better. (laughs) And I needed to, but what is so funny is that my girlfriends, my real friends, my real people, the part of me they love the most is my crazy part. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. It is. That's who I am. Yeah. And they love that. The loud me, the happy me, the, you know, where it was deemed as maybe too much growing up and, yeah. you know, because yeah. we were to be ladies be seen and not heard and, you know, act accordingly. Mm-hmm. So I was very conditioned in being that girl and being that person being quiet when I knew I needed to be quiet, mm-hmm. you know, don't ruffle any feathers make it easy for everybody else, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I, I turned into that girl yeah. and I was that girl for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm telling you that unleashed project changed my life. It truly did. And I'm so thankful for you being a safe place and a safe person mm-hmm. to be able to travel on that road with, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been able to do that. And I have other safe people, but yeah. you know, it was just different. Yeah. Well, I'm really grateful that you trusted me with that. And I've continued to yes. been a high honor for me as well. Um, but it's interesting just to know you, you know, we can have, you know, so many different parts to us. Right. Oh yeah. And so, you know, without knowing your abuse, you know, in the beginning of even our friendship, right. Right. I, I still saw you as that badass woman who was loud and, <laughs> and would say what she thinks and who, you know, left home at an early age because right. she was dating a black man who she's that's now right. married to. Like, that's right. You made hard decisions and you stepped outside of the box that was drawn for you as a child in so many True. ways. But it's so funny because you can do all of that, but then still have something right that you still felt you couldn't share. Right or you didn't even know how to access it. And to be honest, being with my husband was the absolute first decision I ever made without mommy and daddy orchestrating Mm -hmm. all my movements, Mm -hmm. all my decisions, because I was, I was so conditioned Mm -hmm. and I thought I needed to check with my parents Mm -hmm. before I made any decision. And so it was hard when I made that decision to be with my husband. And, And it was just because, you know, nobody else, you know, believed in our union and et cetera, et cetera. But I knew. Yeah. And it was the first time I actually trusted myself. Okay. It was the first time I trusted myself and I knew what I was doing. Yeah. And it was the best decision I've ever made in my life. Mm-hmm. And it was hard for everybody because they're like, wait, who is this? Yeah. Who, who, who does April think she is now all of a sudden making decisions for her own life? Cause I never did. Yeah. And my friends all knew that they knew I was the girl that was playing by the rules and doing everything that I was supposed to do. Yeah. That's how I was conditioned. That's right. Yeah. And then it was like, Oh, 
but you got a taste of that, right? Ooh, and I loved it. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And listen, it was rough. Yeah. Me and my husband, and I didn't have a pot to piss in when we started. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. that. Right. You know, so we started from the ground up. Yeah. And again, it was the best decision I ever made. Mm-hmm. Being thrown out there with nothing, nowhere to be, nowhere to stay, nowhere, you know, yeah. and we built that ourselves. Yeah. Well, you were taking and, control of your life back. Yes. And I had ways. never yeah. done that. Yeah. So it was the first time I took yeah. control. So then fast forward then to, as of the last two years, when you're coming to terms with what happened when you were younger, um, as far as the sexual abuse and, you know, finding your voice and then telling your story on a public platform in order to help other people, the survivors that go through Unleash, um, you know, a lot of people have been helped by that. And I think that was really brave of you. And it was so brave, especially because it was so soon after you had the revelation and, you know, and then, so now you've, you've started therapy. Yep. You have made some really hard decisions. And that's one thing I really wanted to focus on today. Yes. The first hard decision, (laughs) one of the, one of the hardest things for me to have to learn was boundaries. Yeah. And honestly, I did not even understand what boundaries were. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because every decision had been made for you. Up until- well, that's what I was getting ready to say. Yeah. And that's exactly because growing up, there were no boundaries. Mm-hmm. So, and as a recovering people pleaser, I've struggled implementing boundaries because I didn't want to hurt people's feelings. Mm-hmm. But like I've told you before, now I'm like, Oprah, you get a boundary, you get a boundary, <laughs> everybody gets a boundary. You know, I'm spreading it around like confetti because, and this is, this is what's so hard for me is that I wish more people would understand that when you implement a boundary, it's because you want to continue that relationship, mm-hmm. that friendship. Mm-hmm. So it's because I'm protecting that friendship. I'm protecting that relationship. And I want it to continue to grow and evolve. So let's let's put these boundaries in place. But I'm also protecting myself, my mental health, and where I've learned certain people are safe and certain people are not. Mm-hmm. Certain people are very toxic. Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to work on removing as much toxicity as I can for me, for, for my children, for my environment. And so implementing those boundaries was really hard, but I will tell you one of my absolute greatest boundaries are my Sundays. Yeah. People cannot bother me on a Sunday. A Sunday is for me and my family. And I don't care if you're extended family, friends, whatever it may be. Sundays are for me and my family to regroup, reset, and just be together. You come Mm -hmm. to my house. I will wave at you from the window and be like, call me tomorrow. (laughs) I need that day of rest. Yeah. And my family, we all need that. Mm-hmm. And it's so good for me to just, that's my no day. It's no, like you don't get, get a today. taste of it. Oh. A taste of actually sticking out a boundary that you know is yes. best for you, your mental health, your safety, yes. your home, whatever it is. Once you really do it, you stick it out, then yes. you see the fruit of it. It's like, oh, you're not going back. That's right. So you got that with your Sundays. So oh. then talk about your family. You had to set some hard boundaries with some people that felt toxic to you. Yes. Because they don't believe your story. That's right. They choose the offender to support the offender for whatever reasons, you know, they can't be in your circle. That's right. And you cannot heal in the same place that made you sick. Yeah. And so the people that were there that were around when I was being abused, can't be the same people where I heal in. They just can't because they were a part of it Mm -hmm. and maybe not truly knowing, but 
that environment was very toxic for me. So I can't heal with the people that I felt broken by. I can't. Mm -hmm. So I've been very open with my abuse, with everybody in my family. Everybody in my family knows everything. Mm -hmm. And it, like I already mentioned, it changed every relationship in my family, every relationship. Since I came out about my abuse, my father has not spoken to me. Mm -hmm. Not one word. It's really painful, but it was very painful and it hurt me. And, you know, I cried and was angry and bitter. And, but now I'm thankful because guess what? It just saved me from more toxicity. Yeah. It saved me from, you know, anything that I would need to combat with him. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of times I say, you know, when you begin to heal from sexual abuse, you now get to choose. That's right. Who is in your circle? Who is your support team? Yep. But in some ways, other people choose not to be. And he made that decision. That's right. And other people have. And if they don't understand it, that's okay. That, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't need your validity. I don't need anybody else to validate my abuse. I was there. He was there. I confronted him. He admitted it in his own way. We had that conversation. And if anybody else questions that that's on them and do the hard work for me, remove yourself. I'm okay with that. You just made my job easy. Thank you. Yeah. You know, so it's easier for me. Mm -hmm. It is hard because some people in the family, they, they want to have a relationship with me, but then they don't know how to, because now all they see is my abuse. That's all they see. Mm. And, And that's been something that's been hard for me because there are people that I've been friends with for years and close friends that don't know about my abuse just because it's something that hasn't come up in conversation. Maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, those, you have different types of friends and sometimes sexual abuse is not always going to be brought up in a conversation. So it's because they don't know that about me because I don't let my sexual abuse define me. Yeah. Yeah, It's a part of me Mm -hmm. and I'll talk about it. If it's brought up, I'm very open about it because I'm at peace with it, but it does not define me. So when, and you get to pick and choose who gets that piece of you, I get to pick and choose who has access to that part of me because that is a very sacred part of me. It truly is. But the people that do know about it and they don't know how to handle it, Mm. go do your work, Mm -hmm. work on you. So we can have a relationship. Yeah. So like I said, the ones that don't know how to, that's okay. Mm -hmm. You just made my job easier, (laughs) you know? So, and it's been hard on my relationship with my mom. Yeah. That has been talk about that a little bit. I mean, I just think that that's a really difficult one for a lot of survivors because it's like you, you want so much for this person to be what they should be, what you deserve. Yes. But if they are not capable, not willing or choosing to pretend it away. Right. Um, yeah, all of those things, then it's like, you cannot force someone to be what you need. Right. Right. And then what do you do? So I think it's really brave knowing what you have done, but could you share a little bit about that process? What that's looked like? It's been hard just because my mom and I, we were extremely close growing up. Yeah. And I truly looked at her as my best friend. Mm -hmm. That's all I had, Mm -hmm. but I was also raised to not trust females. (laughs) So she literally was all I had. And it was, I was raised to not show certain parts of me because then it would make me look weak. Don't let your girlfriend know that she hurt your feelings because then you're not winning in the friendship, you Mm -hmm. know, and it was always a keeping score type of thing. And it was, you can't trust Mm -hmm. them. They're never, you know, going to be fully honest with you, et cetera, et cetera. So 
she was all I had. Yeah. And she was my best friend and I trusted everything she had. And listen, I'm not saying my mother was a bad mother. She was not a bad mom. She was very, she was active in our lives. She was supportive. She was there, you know, but it's hard now because she has said, well, I don't know what to do. And she doesn't know what to do. She has no idea what to do. So mm -hmm. I told her, I wanted her to maybe go get therapy and talk to somebody, talk to a professional and learning how to deal with this because I can't help you heal from what hurt me. Yeah. I can't help her heal. Mm -hmm. That, that can't be my job. That's gotta be somebody else's job. And that I cannot fix that. I right. can't help you with that. So I've asked her to go talk to somebody and I'm not sure if she has this, we have not spoken. Um, she will drop off a birthday gift for my kids on their birthday and, and things like that. And we, we have not talked as much as we used to. Mm -hmm. So it's been really hard to navigate that because when you go through something like this, you think your mom is going to be there and your mom's going to support you and your mom's going to validate you. And your mom's going to, you know, be your, hold your hand along the way. And I had to realize that that was the younger version of April that needed that. Yeah. Current version of April doesn't need that. I don't need anybody that doesn't want to be here with me. Mm. And I'm at peace with that. And I'm okay with that. Even yeah. if it is my parents wow. and so that is hard you have to verbally, um, set that boundary with her. Yes. I told her we had a very long conversation and she was very accepting of everything. She didn't question my abuse. Okay. She didn't question it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it was very hard for her but she did not question it. And she cried and felt bad. And, you know, and I told her that this was going to be a very long process for me, my healing process, but that I needed them all to know, because, you know, it, it again, it affects the whole family unit because it happened within our family. And so it was very hard for her, but it's been, I think it's been easier for her to just stay away because then we don't have to deal with the reality of the true situation. So it wasn't like you said, I can't see you. Actually. Yes. I'm sorry. I did. I did tell her you're right. I did. Um, I actually implemented very strict boundaries with her. And I told her that right now I, I need my space. And because I know you're torn between all of this and between the people involved and I understand your stake in it. And I understand your position and we need to just take a break. I told her that I would reach out to her when I was ready. Mm -hmm. And I just implemented that. And she said, okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's, she has reached out, but it has just been very surface things, yeah. you know, or for my, one of my kids birthdays or something yeah. like that, but mm -hmm. she's not involved. She hasn't, you know, she's not knocking down my door to try and fix things or be a part of our lives mm -hmm. or anything like that, but she's dealing with her own demons and she's battling with how to handle this as a mom. Yeah. And I can only imagine how hard that is. And, and I want her to find that clarity and I show her grace in that manner. And mm -hmm. I can only imagine how hard that is as a mom, right. but but I did implement that boundary. I'll reach out to you when, when I yeah. am ready. So it's kind of like, she's respecting the boundary that yeah. you set, which is great. Right. But it's not great because you had to set the boundary because exactly. she didn't show up for you right. in your breaking your silence, That's finding right. your voice the way that you deserve. Right. Yeah. And I, you're right. I shouldn't have had yeah. to implement a boundary. So what was it that if you could go backward even a little bit more sparked your need to set the boundary? What was, what was 
her reaction to you sharing your truth about the abuse that to you triggered the idea, okay, she's not safe to be in my support team. Because even though she believed it, it didn't change the way she handled the, the relationship with my abuser. Okay. Yep. And I didn't want it to change the relationship, but I needed her to know about it. And I innocently, I thought that there'd be a conversation between her and my abuser yeah. and there wasn't. Mm-hmm. And you had that asked her to I asked her to have a conversation because I had confronted him yeah. about it. Yeah. So like I said, everybody knows. Yeah. And so I wanted her to have that conversation with him just to show me that you really are in this healing process with me, yeah. because this does affect your whole family. And I think a lot of us do go through that, mm-hmm. especially when it happens within the family. For sure. So you have to talk about things. Yeah. And I'm here screaming it from the rooftops to my family and everybody is still wanting to shove it under the rug. Yeah. We can't do that. Yeah, it's not like you you didn't want there to be a relationship change where she was just done with your abuser. Exactly. But you did want- I didn't want that. You did want though a conversation to be had. Yes. Yeah. And, and that wasn't on the table. They right. They were not willing to do that at all, even though you clearly asked for that. That's right. Yeah. So they continued to be who they are and push things under the rug because that's how they deal with things. And that's how they're conditioned. Mm -hmm. I'm going to respect the way everybody deals with their own demons and their own way of living their lives. Mm -hmm. I have to live my life out loud. Now Mm -hmm. that's the way I see it. I've got to live out loud now because for so long, I was miserable in silence. And so we're not on the same page. That's all it is. There's no ill will, of course. I mean, they're my parents. I adore them. I love them, you know, but they can't walk along this journey with me. Right. And that's okay. Cause guess what? I chose myself Yeah. and I've never chosen myself before Mm -hmm. I get to choose me. I get one me. And do you also think that part of the, like, when someone cannot step up to the plate and support you the way you deserve or respond to your abuse, the way that you're asking them to, um, that that is also making them unsafe. Like, yes. Yeah. If they're unsafe yes. around your children. Yes. Because yeah, they're not stepping up and, and following your guidelines. You're the victim. That's here. right. Yeah. That's right. And if they can't see that, yeah. They're not on the same page yeah, with we're you. Not hanging out with fake people. We now. can't. No, no. Yeah. no. Life is too short. Time. I don't have time for that, uh-uh. and I don't have the capacity for that. Yeah. <laughs> or people who want to show up and pretend like these horrible things. That's right. Happen. Or it's so selfish for people to look at only how it affects them. That's right. <laughs> like, That's right. You weren't abused by this person. Yes. But like, you're making it about you now, but I think my parents do that. I think my parents are like, oh my goodness, how did this happen? And I can, again, I can, I can be sympathetic to that Yeah. as a parent. I can be questioning and the guilt. Yes. Yes. But that's where you have to go do your work. That's That's where you've got to go do your work with the help that you need and guidance in learning how to deal with that, handle that, navigate that. And get to a place of being at peace with that. We as parents, we are not perfect. I make mistakes every day. 
We are not perfect in how we parent our kids, but we can take ownership of those decisions. And then guess what? Walk alongside my daughter through that healing journey. Do you understand how different my healing journey would look Mm -hmm. if, if the younger version of April got to walk it with her mom? Right. Oh, that's heavy. That's very heavy. And if, if that was the case, it could have changed everything, but I'm also, listen, this healing journey has been a beautiful mess for me. Mm. It truly has been everything. And it's been so enlightening. Which part do you want to focus on? (laughs) (laughs) The good, the bad, the ugly, the in between. I mean, and sometimes we take two steps back. Yeah recovery. it's all about any type of recovery you do. There are steps to this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, when I realized my abuse, I was like, Oh, I know what this was now. And I get it. It's just hands-on let's, let's deal with this. Let's get through it all. And I, I loved having all the different stages of going through it. Mm -hmm. And I felt like I was just knocking it out of the park at every, you know, (laughs) because it felt good. I was finding, I was finding myself. Yeah. I was learning who I truly am. It's like shedding all of these legs years that you were building up just to try to see if you could fit into the world yes yes into this community that community yeah the person that that person needed yep but then like the healing journey is so much about shedding it off like one layer at a time yes finding who the real you is yes because I like her exactly (laughs) listen my therapist has told me several times that I need to sit with myself and I'm like what if I don't like her (laughs) but there's been so many parts of this that I have fallen in love with myself I have truly fallen in love with who I am and my therapist asked me you know we have these conversations I understand when I get triggered it's not current me who's being triggered it is the broken little girl in me who's been triggered so sometimes younger version April gets triggered sometimes older version April's like okay I got this you know Mm -hmm. and you know my therapist said well what what do you think let's bring in a third April. And I'm like, good Lord, how many versions of me do we have? We all have so many different parts to us. We all have, you know, there are so many different parts. And she said, what do you think this person over here, what do you think April would say if she sees younger version April going through the abuse she went through, going through everything she's gone through, and then current version of April of how she's handling it Mm -hmm. and how she's doing everything. And just every step of the way that I have currently gone through and that version of April be like, bitch, you doing a good job. (laughs) And like, yeah, would be so proud. I am so proud of how I have healed through this process. It has not been easy. And there's been a lot of hard decisions, a lot of hard decisions. Your your biggest, your proudest moments have come through making hard decisions or, you know, if you are looking back and what would you say to, you know, other survivors who are listening that, you know, have, have heard your journey and, you know, you're, you're going at some rapid speeds right now. And I, I think healing's a lifelong journey. There's going to be moments where it's not going to be a huge part to you. Right. You know, you'll, you'll always be, you know, outspoken about it. Yes. You'll always step up to the plate when someone needs to hear your story. Yes. It's not always going to be so emotional. That's right. So much talking, so much processing, so many hard decisions. It's not always going to be like that, but right now it is right. And what would you say in this kind of like sprinting in some ways, part of your journey, what has been the proudest moments? That's heavy. Like the proudest moment through my healing process. Like, you know, in Unleash, there's one week where we say, look back over your healing journey and 
you know, there's, there's times there were hills, you know, there were mountaintop experiences, there were valleys, there were dark times, the really slow moments where you're just barely crawling along. There's other points where there's like straightaway sprints where you feel like you're really flying through some really, you know, hard times, but you're going quickly. Like if you look back at the whole map and you were to pinpoint, I feel really, I feel really good about what I did here. What would you say? I've put a lot of thought into that and trying to pinpoint that. And I can't because I believe that when we're, when we're in the middle of our healing process and and traveling this healing journey, I think there are so many little proud moments and I believe that they all need to be celebrated. Absolutely. There are, I mean, it could be little baby steps. It could be moving mountains. It could be. And they're all. And a lot of times we'll look back, like in the moment, we don't think it's a big deal. Exactly. But then you can look back and you'll be like, that thing at the moment that felt so little, but yes. now I see that was yes. like a huge leap to yes. get me where I am now. Yes. And that's what I'm saying. And like I already mentioned, in any type of recovery or healing, there it's you know the step process. You know, it, every step along the way, sometimes you'll take two steps back and then you'll you know come back forward and and you go back and forth. But every time you move forward, you've got to celebrate that. Yeah, yeah. I do think my proudest moment was confronting my abuser. Mm. I think that probably because what had happened, that was one of the first things I did. Yeah, and it just yeah. propelled me yeah. into handling everything else because everything after that was just like you know sprinkling it along the side and and handling it as as we navigate that as we move forward with that right and so I think that was probably the most Mm -hmm. just because that was the beginning of my healing journey yeah I felt like after I confronted him oh now I get to tell everybody it's not a secret anymore that's right but I also understand not everybody can do that yeah wants to do that right and sometimes it may not be safe to do that. That's right. So I show grace in that. Absolutely. So yeah. everybody's this is your journey. That's Everyone's right. journey is different. That's right. Somebody else will have a super proud moment. That's just right. as proud as you. And that's my point. Celebrate that. Yeah. Every little moment, celebrate it. Be proud of yourself and learn to love yourself a little bit more along the way. Mm. Because you deserve that. Yeah. We deserve a pat on the back when we are moving mountains. And yeah. that's literally what we are doing. What does it look like for you to celebrate listen (laughs) food makes me feel better (laughs) food makes me feel better when I'm sad food makes me feel better when I'm happy (laughs) I wasn't expecting that I'm just kidding I'm kidding nacho bar (laughs) right give me a great drink and no no um honestly just for me when I am proud of myself I know this sound this may sound Minuscule, and it may sound silly, but I get to be happy with myself, mm. and I just feel good in that moment. Yeah, I just like me. It's like you allow yourself to yes. love yourself. And as a recovering people pleaser, I've always done for everybody. Yeah. So when I accomplish something in my healing journey or in therapy, feeling amazing, like okay, I did great today. I've learned to love myself a little bit more. I moved, you know, forward a little bit. I'm at peace with this and this, and I just love sitting with myself and loving myself. Mm. And you know better yeah. than anybody how hard that's been. <laughs> that's incredible for me to actually hear you say yeah. because you you do you are the doormat for everyone yeah. anybody who needs someone to step on or yeah. share all of their business with like yeah. you're the one 
and you always put yourself on the back burner. Mm -hmm. Um, But that always made me happy and it still makes me happy. Okay. But I also get to, there's a difference in how I used to do it because I'd be exhausted and there was literally nothing left after doing it. Uh And then because of implementing healthy boundaries, I can now kind of put a stop to can't do that for you today. Maybe I'll get to that, but I can't do that for you today. I can say no and be at peace with that and still love how I feel. Whereas before, I would feel like I've let everybody in the world down. They hate me. They don't want to be my friend anymore. They think I'm terrible. Yeah. And I've just, and that's hard to sit with. Now I'm like, if she can understand that or he can understand that, that's on them. But yeah. I'm good with it yeah. because I'm just, I'm spread too thin today. Can't do it. That's right. And my husband and my children come first. Uh-huh. So if that is all spread thin. And you. Listen, it's not a happy home if mama's not happy. Right. right. I need to be happy. And we've learned that. <laughs> so it's but just. But you are lumped into that yes. now. Where in the past you weren't. It, I was just going to yeah. say. That's right. Because I was doing for everybody. Yeah. And Even your husband and family. Yes. But yes. now it's. And April's happiness yes. comes first too. And so you're noticing what that looks like for yes. you and you're able to set boundaries. And then in setting the boundaries, it sounds like you're able to then do even more. Yeah. You're, ha- you're a happy giver. Yes. Yes. Whereas before I was a giver, but it was like a guilt-ridden giver. I was mm. because I wanted to please everybody else. Right. But now it's like, like you said, it, I'm a happy giver. Yeah. It's different. Yeah. Well, last month we talked to Mandy on the podcast and we talked about boundaries Mm. and the biggest um, hurdle for most survivors that we talked about was the guilt. Oh, yes. The guilt that would set in for survivors to feel like they can't set a boundary. There's yep. too much guilt there. Yes. Um, so you, you're saying you, you lived in that. You were yes. the, that person. But yes. But then when in implementing the boundaries helped you to finally rid yourself of the guilt and know yep. it's okay. And but in do, fact, it's better for everybody. Yes. And do we ever look at the fact that those people were implementing boundaries with maybe they're the selfish people. You know what I mean? Because they just keep taking and taking and taking. And we're over here, you know, and they, they only understand what they want from you and not what you need. So it's like, they're taking, taking, take as much as you'll give them. Exactly. And when you stop giving so much, if they're not there anymore, honey, they never were in the beginning Mm. and they're not your people. That's right. And it's okay to lose a few on along the way. And that has been hard to kind of navigate because when you are a people pleaser, you want everybody to be happy and love you and be appreciative of you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so when you lose that validation, so to speak, Mm -hmm. a lot of people are standing there like, who am I then? If I'm not making all these people happy, who am I? And Mandy asked me that my therapist asked me that, you know, how does it make you feel if you take all that away, who are you without making all of them happy? Mm-hmm. And I had to sit with that for a while because that's part of who I am mm-hmm. is a giver. Yeah. And it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. But if you told them no, where would they be? Ooh. I, and I sat there like, ooh, if I told so-and-so no, would he or she still be there? Right. In the same capacity. Mm-hmm. And uh, that looked different for different people. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then you had to deal with losses, people falling off the wagon. And that's okay. Cause they weren't my people then. Uh-huh. And they were just here for what they could get. That's right. And that's not a real friendship or a real relationship. Yeah. And even if it's, it's family, sad. even if it's family mm. and that's hard because I was always raised blood is thicker than water. 
And listen, we already were talking about those generational curses. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that generational trauma, man. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That's not true. Yeah. It's not, especially if that blood is toxic. Yeah. And just because your family doesn't mean that you have to endure pain and people pleasing and them keep taking, taking, taking. Mm-hmm. It's not a two-way street. Mm-hmm. It's not fair. No, it's not. Yeah. So it's almost knowing that you're worth more. Yes. You're finally realizing as you continue to heal that you are worth being treated better. That's right. That you're worth being treated the way you treat others. Yes. And your abuse is not who you are. It's something that happened to you, mm-hmm. but it, it should not define your worth. Mm-hmm. You're worth so much more than your abuse. Mm-hmm. So much more. Yeah. And I wish, I know everybody has that special person in their life, whether it's your children, your spouse, your best friend, your whoever it may be. Look at yourself the way they look at you. I teach my kids that. Look at yourself the way you look at your best friend. Mm-hmm. Look at your, just look at yourself like that. Try and see yourself the way your people see you. Mm-hmm. You start seeing yourself a little bit different. You start loving yourself a little bit more. Right. I think that's important. I want you to take us back to when you told me you were reading Hush Outside. This is when I didn't know that you were reading it, but you right. said you were reading Hush Outside and just take us back. I know you can tell the story. It's, it's actually kind of emotional because it's been so long and I haven't really thought about it until you and I were just having lunch the other day and we were talking about it. Yeah. And I have not gone back to that moment because I didn't realize how instrumental that was in my healing. Mm. Because as I've already mentioned many times that the body does not forget, Yeah. but our brain is where we dissociate. Our brain is where we can just push things aside, move it over here, forget it, move on and go about our lives. Mm. And so when I was reading that, I was literally outside by myself, laying out on my, on my deck and reading it. And I would start crying and my body would hurt. Mm. It would physically hurt. Wow. And I would slam the book down and I was so angry. (laughs) Okay. And I thought that I was hurting for you. Oh, wow. I thought I was hurting so much for your pain because I love you, you know, and I just, I hated that you had to endure that. So I thought I was feeling all that pain for you, the emotions, and but I didn't understand why my body was in so much pain. Wow! And that's where I've learned through my through my healing, through therapy, the inner child work, all the fun stuff that we're doing in, in the healing process. And I got to go back to that and really think about it these last few days, and it just it hit me that my body was triggered. Yeah, it was feeling everything I endured through my abuse. Yeah, the body does not forget, that's and right. that again reminds us what triggers are. Yeah. And yes, I was hurt for you, of course, because Mm -hmm. I would love to take your pain away too. Mm -hmm. But it also hurt little April. Again, she felt it all over again. Yeah. And it's kind of emotional for me to talk about it now, which is so crazy. But I know it's, it's still the broken child in me that is still hurting. That's right. And my body feels it. Mm. And it's just, isn't that interesting how like our body can remember things that like we actually in our brains aren't yet remembering exactly it's all in there it's just it's stored yeah when Mm. are we going to access it for some of us we might never that's right but sometimes there's something that comes up you know whether it's a book you're reading or it's someone telling a story 
Um, but when you can understand dissociation and when you can understand separating things, if you just learn to listen to your body, mm-hmm. then you can really do the work, yeah. the mental work that it takes to kind of dissect all of that. Like, why am I feeling this? Why is my body reacting in this manner? What is so going on? So did you do that? No, because I didn't understand it at that time. So when did it click for you? Well, like I said, I hadn't thought about that specific incident at that moment in such a long time, but because of all the therapy and you know, the inner child work that I've been doing and just the healing, when you brought it up the other day and we were talking about it, it just kind of hit me. I remember I, I dealt with that. I remember the body aches. I remember just feeling that pain Mm. and a lot of us are triggered when we're touched a certain way or if somebody comes up behind us and we don't know they're there. Right. Little things like that. Yeah. It causes us to get yeah. scared and our body literally clenches up, gets scared, you know, whatever it yeah. may be. You know, it yeah. just Which is why it's so important to listen to our bodies. Our bodies Thank are you. speaking to us. Yes. Yeah. But we've learned to push it aside <laughs> yeah. so often because we don't want to deal with that darkness. Yeah. That's what I did my whole life. Yeah. I would feel it. I would be triggered by, you know, maybe a guy I was dating or a friend coming up or whatever it may be. And I would feel these, I thought it was weird reactions in my body. And I was like, I am not normal because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't react the way maybe other people do. But it was all these stored stressors within my body. Yeah. And again, learning as an adult through therapy Mm. and doing the work that we do, I've learned that I just, I ignored my body for years right? because I was not given the tools or the education to understand what had happened to me or what my body was going through. Mm -hmm. And being raised in a patriarchal world, our body is for men. Yeah. So I didn't think I was allowed to really get to know my body Mm -hmm. in that aspect. Mm -hmm. So as an adult, I welcome everything in and now I want to figure it all out. Now I want to dissect the situation and understand, okay, when I read that book, it triggered everything in my nervous system. Wow. Yeah. And I was hurt and angry. And I think in that moment, little April got to let it out. Mm -hmm. And now I get to hold her in that aspect of healing through that. Wow. That's really beautiful thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And how important that is in our healing to right. listen, to stop, yes, to pay attention, yes, to connect the dots, and then to respond to that younger yep. version of us. I think there's because a we lot deserve of healing that. that happens there. Yes, mm-hmm. we've got to stop pushing it aside. Yeah, we've got to stop. A lot of times, women, we we make ourselves the last. We're not on the priority list. Right. We don't put ourselves first. Well, yeah. And we don't trust our bodies. Exactly. We don't think that that matters. So, okay, as you're going through the book then, I mean, that's eventually as you're reading it, that's when the pieces came Mm -hmm. together. But it was a whole process of first your body remembering. And then as you continued, that's when you started to really remember. And then after that, you responded by finding your voice and telling. Yes, I and mean, then I called you like, okay, I finished it. Can you come over? <laughs> <laughs> you came over. You sat in my family room, and I was like, me too. Oh, God. And you just looked at me like, welcome, because you'd known all along. Yeah. I know you knew all along. Yeah. But you weren't going to pull that out of me. and Yeah. Make, you know what I mean? Absolutely. But you were going to let me come to that in my own time. Yeah. And I was just like, and it was it, I, like, I just couldn't wait to tell you. It's like, mm. you know, but I didn't understand everything that was happening. Right. And then, like you said, being able to put that, that last piece to my puzzle, mm-hmm. who I am as a person, finding that last piece. Oh, yeah. And just being able to sit there and tell you, yep, yeah, me too. Yeah. 
Wow. Okay. And that's such a huge piece, you know, when you look at the whole puzzle and it's such a big part, but even that part is made up of so many little ones. Yeah. And I know as I've watched you heal and grow, it's been so amazing to see how you blossomed into a person that can finally love herself. Yes. And accept herself. Yes. And that has been, I think those are small pieces within the big piece. Yes. Can you talk a little bit about what that's looked like for you? Because I think so many survivors, me included, we struggle with that. We struggle with our worth, feeling worthy enough, good enough, being able to love ourselves, to trust ourselves, to listen to ourselves, and to truly accept because who we are. from my experience and the people that I've met along the way mm-hmm. who share, you know, a lot of the same background as us, I think a lot of people that have endured abuse they've lived their life feeling like they're not good enough because I used to tell myself if I was good enough, that would not have happened to me. Mm. If somebody loved me enough, they would have protected me. My mom and dad would have protected me if they loved me enough, if I was important enough. And, and I think a lot of us feel that way. We feel like it happened to us because we just weren't lovable. We weren't good enough. We just, all those their negative thoughts yeah and we kind of just continue to go through life believing that Mm -hmm. and that has truly been one of the hardest parts of my healing is learning to love myself like I've already mentioned learning to love myself has truly been hard but I learned through the inner child work it wasn't me that I'm battling it's the child in me that was so hurt that she carried that into current me yeah so I had to decipher all of that and And I had to break that down why for me it was always understanding why did the little version of me decide to never trust anybody um or why was she quick to you know act a certain way in a certain situation well it was to protect me exactly and so instead of being mad at myself I began to give myself grace for that and understand. So it's like if I, I could understand the why behind it, then right. I was like, oh my gosh, of course I yes. acted that way or I felt that way or I said that right. thing. Because, you know, it was survival. Yes. And once there's grace there, then I think the puzzle pieces But as a little girl, fit. you don't even understand no. grace. As a little girl, you right. don't understand you're in survival no, mode. you're as trying a little to girl. live. Yes. You're trying to get out of the situation. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And nobody around you is understanding why you're acting out or why you're mm-hmm. doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Nobody's understanding. You're just deemed as being too much. Yeah. That was a cry for help and nobody understood my cry, Mm -hmm. you know? And so, like you said, then we learn as adults, as women, as mothers, wives, grown, you know, grownups, we understand and learn what grace looks like. And when you understand the inner child work and when you, when you really do that, oh my gosh, you Mm. get to hold that little girl in you. Yeah. You get to hold her and show her grace and Mm -hmm. understand we were not given the tools to be able to fight against what happened to us. Right. Now we do. Yep. We're educated. We're mature. We're Mm. older. We've learned. Yeah. No little girl, little boy knows that right now as a child, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's really hard. It's hard to show that grace, Mm -hmm. but like I already said, you're not going to look at a current child right now that endures sexual assault and comes to you and you say, well, you should have fought back. Why didn't you do A, B, and C? You're not going to do that. That's right. You're going to hold them and validate them and make them feel safe and show them all the love in the world Mm -hmm. and then teach them how to love themselves and show themselves grace. Yeah. I mean, right. It's hard. Yeah. It sounds very simple, but it's, it's hard work. Mm -hmm. And I think... For me, it's easy to love everybody. 
but it was so hard for me to love myself. Yeah. Because I wanted to give the best to everybody else, but I didn't think I deserved it. Mm -hmm. And I think we expect a lot out of ourselves. Definitely. I hold myself to a different standard than I hold anybody else. Yeah. And I'm working on that in therapy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I truly am. Yeah. I do. I have very high expectations for myself. I expect myself to be perfect. I expect my... But that's ridiculous. None of us are going to attain that. Yeah. Ever. Right. So... Well, I love what you're saying, though, about, like, the giving of grace to others who come to you. Yes. Because sometimes it takes seeing how you would treat somebody else to then think about how I should actually be treating myself. And And if you're a mother, Mm -hmm. just think of how your kids are looking at you. Show them how to be a good friend. Mm -hmm. Show them how to be a safe place. Show them how to be loving and caring and open. Yeah. And I think that's important. And, And I think that helped me in my healing process of really realizing, okay, they're watching. My children are watching. Yeah. So they see me as this strong, independent woman who can literally handle anything and everything, and I'm going to fight for everybody. And yeah. that is me. Yep. But they don't see the broken parts of me. Mm-hmm. They just see me as being amazing, and well, I want to be that. Yeah. And I think you purposefully hid that. Yes. For a while. Yes. Because I thought I was protecting them. Yes. But again... You are not protecting your children by keeping them in the dark of the mm. things that have happened to you. Because I've already mentioned, when I came to my children about my abuse, oh, the, the most amazing conversations, the most yeah. amazing, the growth and maturity that happened mm-hmm. right in front of mm-hmm. our eyes. It yeah. was amazing. Yeah. That's what the generational healing, I think, oh. is amazing. How yep. we can be part of that. Yes. Like, we can totally... You know, wreck shop. I'm telling you. The way we grew up, the family values, yep. the traditions, and yep. all the things that were so unhealthy in our family. Yep. We can, in a single generation, say no more. Like that. Yeah. Literally like uh-huh. that instantly. Yeah. Just by having uncomfortable conversations and really think about all the things that you didn't know as a child. Think of all the things that you wish you would have known. Yeah. Absolutely. Give all of that information to your children. Yeah. You cannot over-educate your children. Yeah. You can't. Right. And it is never too young to educate your children on real life issues. Mm-hmm. This is life. Mm-hmm. This, your little girl, little boy could walk out there and it could happen to them. But if you've given them the tools to be able to look for it, navigate it, it, it changes their outlook on everything. And they become safe places for other people. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's amazing. Yeah. Oh, it's everything. Real quick side note, I wanted to remind you all of the coupon code in honor of Sexual Abuse Awareness Month. It's all of April. You get 20% off at our online store. It's at IamOneVoice.org. Click on store. And the coupon code for 20% off is podcast. Also, be on the lookout. We will soon be posting our summer groups for Unleash. They will be at the Unleash link at the same website, IamOneVoice.org. Unleash is for survivors. It's an eight-week virtual support group and healing e-course. It includes a weekly film, weekly journal prompts, and topics that we will then discuss in our weekly virtual sexual abuse survivor meeting. I've had a lot of questions. What kind of sexual abuse survivor is 
invited. Um, all of you, we have survivors ranging from childhood sexual abuse to adult sexual assault to sex trafficking survivors. We just want it to be a safe place for survivors of all types of sexual trauma to be able to gather together, to find belonging, to talk about the things that we don't get to talk about in our normal life, to hear from other survivors, and just to know that we're not alone. It has been an amazing experience for so many of the survivors who have been a part of it. And I'm so excited to offer this course again this summer. So stay tuned. We will drop the dates and the times of the groups here in the next couple of weeks. Back to April's story. So it sounds as if, you know, your proudest moment was basically being able to identify, yes. and label the abuse and then find your voice and talk about it. And then your hardest work, your biggest struggle has been, you know, integrating. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like loving yourself again and, and being able to look at that dark, that dark spot within that you carried for so long and saying to yourself, it made sense that you did that. You know, you didn't have this, you know, you didn't have this knowledge at the time, or you didn't have a safe place to go with this information, or, you know, you were trying to make a happy home for this person or that person. So like having a little bit of grace validating, but then working on getting to know yourself without, you know, that dark spot now, now it's, it's lit up because now, yes, because you know, who am I now? Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I, I have truly loved getting to know who I really am. Wow. It has been amazing. That's amazing for me to hear as someone who, you know, I am pretty close to you. Yes. And I've seen that in your life a lot. Yes. Like, I'm like, how could you be this person? <laughs> you know, I get that and a lot. Yes. How can you not love yourself? I how get- can you not trust yourself? How can you? It's, it's mind boggling. But I also yep. get it. I have those yes, moments exactly, too. Exactly. But it's like when you look at somebody who appears to have it all together. That's right. And that's have right. Everything yep. you'd ever want. Like how could, but I get what you're saying. And it is a hard work. It's a hard yes. process. I have, I have been misjudged my whole life, yeah. my whole life. Because when you think about it, nobody really got to know who I was. Mm-hmm. And even some of the dark parts of me or, you know, parts of my personality that weren't um, deemed appropriate, you know, the parts of us women, when we're told we're being extra, we're being too much or tame yourself, or I've got two daughters. Yeah. I will never tame them. Right. And I love that about your parent, you know, you let them be themselves. That's right. Yeah. Because they taming. That's right. Let it go. And listen, my younger daughter, (laughs) Lord Jesus be with us. Right. So many people would want to tame her. Yeah. Nope be you honey, because it. you are beautiful yeah. and you yeah. are perfect. And, but I, I, and that's what you deserved. You exactly. Yeah. So I'm trying to show the younger version of April that Yeah. guess what you are being hurt, but it's, it's different when you look at it from that way, mm-hmm. when you look at it that way, look at your little girl, mm-hmm. look at your little boy. Are you going to tell me that you're not going to build them up exactly. yeah. and tell them how amazing they are? Yeah. Of course, there's times as moms, we're all like, God, what is she doing? What yeah. is he doing? Yeah. Lord Jesus, what are they doing? <laughs> I'll never forget <laughs> when um, I came to you one time about like, you know, all of our kids are in sports. Yes. Yeah. And I was telling you about how one of my sons, like he was God's <laughs> gift to the sport. And I was like, what do I do? Like, he can't be acting that way. Yes, he and can. He- <laughs> 
said, let him believe he is God's gift. That's right. And, and you know what? You're right. Like, That's what's right. What's the point in tearing kids down just to humble them? Because guess what? Other kids are doing it. That's right. They're doing that. Yep. And yep. it's our job to build them up. Listen, my four children all think they are God's gift to the universe. <laughs> they are confident. You cannot tell them yeah. anything. And I absolutely love that I because do too, because it's I not give anything. confidence where they're bullying other kids oh, or no. they're being complete assholes. Exactly. No way. They're confident <laughs> in their skin yes. to yes. walk into a room yep. and take up space. Yep. And, yep. And they they use their voice and, and yes. it's not a confidence that puts other people down. It's a confidence that shows up for their friends. that says you deserve better than that. Yes. I'm going to stand up for you. So yes. Yeah. And I that's what I love good. about our kids so much. And I'm telling you, my kids have so much confidence. They want to sprinkle that shit everywhere. Yes. Yeah. And they're like, my daughters, bro, why aren't you more confident? You're beautiful. You got to love yourself. I love myself. You know, and I mean, you can't tell Bella anything. Right. Bella will look at herself in the mirror. Like I got it going on today. Look at my curls. I look good. I'm like, yes, you do, honey. But she takes that and then talks to her friends like girl and they feed into these yeah. other, and especially with girls. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I love how my girls build up other girls. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's coming from our home environment. Yeah. I'm very proud of that. And I love so that. Cool to have gone from what you were exactly. sharing in the beginning, yep. patriarchal home, yep. you were, you were mm. quieted. Yes. You know, you were told don't be too much. That's right. And you were molded to be something for a man. Yes. And now yes. in one generation, you can flip that. Oh, and it's amazing the work that we can do. And when we, but again, through therapy, through, mm -hmm. through really educating ourselves and through understanding yeah. our conditioning, we are all conditioned, but when you can understand that, listen, unlearning mm -hmm. is everything. Yeah. I have had to unlearn so many things from my childhood, mm -hmm. from the environment I grew up in. And it wasn't, there are good, there are good parts. Of course there are good parts. You know, right. I didn't have a rough childhood, uh -huh. you know, but it's just unlearning so many toxic traits yeah. and generational trauma is very real. And it's yeah, the things beliefs, that, like yes, family beliefs. Yes. Right. And the thing is they get it misconstrued because they call it traditions. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. No, those are not good traditions. Right but they think this is how they're supposed to be because it's how they were conditioned. Yeah. So they continue to be how they were conditioned. And then they spew that toxicity to their offspring. Mm -hmm. And then that's where the generational trauma just. Mm. And that actually, we were just texting about this recently. Do you remember mm. when we were talking about, um, we had read a quote yes. about um, how people spend their lives you know, just trying to make their parents proud and how really it's more important to make our children proud. Yes. And that the responsibility of each generation is not to please their predecessors. It's to improve things for their offspring. And I think you've been such a great example of that, April. And it, it just encouraged me so much in my parenting, like to focus on that. Yeah. And truly when I've been able to focus on that, focus on making the world a better place for my kids rather than pleasing, you know, yep. all the generations before That's me. Right. Yeah. I want them to be proud of me. I want my grandmother to be proud of me, but like, oh my gosh, the world that they grew up in is not the world my kids are growing but up. But that's in. the difference. And that's where the, our parents, that generation and older, they are not evolving with us. We are very adamant 
on evolving. Yeah. We are very adamant on continuing to educate ourselves. Right. And we take that very serious as yeah. mothers. Yeah. And my husband does as a father. We're very, we are in the work. Mm-hmm. We are in the trenches of parenthood right now. And it is everything in me to build a safer, better environment than what we had. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? And, and it, that's yeah. just, it's everything to me. So yes, I've mm-hmm. always, here's the thing, as a child, adolescent, teenage years, even my early twenties, all I, I would cry because I wanted daddy's approval. Oh, yeah. oh, I needed it. I thought I needed that to survive mm. and I needed it so bad. Oh, honey, when you can throw that out the door and look at yourself and learn to love yourself, instead of needing your mom's approval, your dad's mm. approval. Whew. Yeah. That opened up a whole new world for me. Yeah. A whole new world. And then isn't it funny how then you can look at your kids and mm. like, I'm like, you don't have to do that to make me happy. Exactly. Oh, when my kids, they'll be like, mom, do you want me to do it like this? Or do you want me to do it like that? I, that is your life, your decision. Yeah. Now it's nothing where it's an unsafe situation. Sure. These yeah. are just little everyday little things. That's it's right. Giving them agency of their life. That's right. You never had that. That's right. Or it's me not wanting my kids to feel like they need to make me feel happy. And we want to raise them to trust themselves. I grew up feeling like I had to take care of my parents' emotions. Yep. Yep. I don't want my kids to take care of my emotions. At all. No. And it is quick. I think how in a generation you can realize if you're doing the work, if you're in therapy, yep. if you're walking this healing road where you can see the things that didn't go right. That's right. We can fix that. Yes. And now I don't want to parent that way with my child, but we can fix it, but we can also heal that younger version of us that didn't have it. So you're literally killing two birds with one stone. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. You truly are. Yeah. You are killing two birds with one stone. I'm going to heal the broken April here, the child, April, the younger version of me that needed it. And then I am going to show my children, Mm -hmm. this is the way we do things. And listen, my kids are the most loving little humans. I've never known kids that have such big hearts. And you know that our kids are so much alike. Mm -hmm. And and I absolutely, I do take pride in that. And it's okay for us to take some pride into what we're doing because this is the most important job we will do. It truly is. And that's why I say it's more important for us to not impress our children. It's not that we want to do better for them more than wanting our parents to be proud of us. I battled that for years, wanting my parents to be proud of. I always wanted my mom to tell me how good of a mom I am, how good of a wife I am. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. That is exhausting. Yeah. It is so exhausting to keep needing that. I'm a grown ass woman. I do not need mommy and daddy's approval anymore. That's true. And it's more important. Yes. I want my family, my grandparents, my parents. I want everybody to think I'm a great mom, a great wife, great at my job, everything. Your but drive. That's it's just more of- important for my children when they walk out this door, mm-hmm. when they're an adult and they change the world simply with their kindness, mm-hmm. simply. Yeah. They are the type of kid that's going to help the old man bringing in his groceries or opening yeah. the door for people or saying hello to strangers just to make their day better. Yeah. That is more important to me than my mom and dad giving me that validation or that reassurance or that pat on the back. I don't need a pat on the back. Mm-hmm. I'm doing good. Yeah. I got this. Yeah. And I've learned to trust myself. You don't understand. I never trusted myself. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to trust myself and know that I am making good decisions, right decisions. Now we're going to fail from time to time. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a little hiccup here and there, but we're doing honest work. And that's all that it's about. Yeah. Being honest. And don't you think it's 
really powerful too for our kids to see us fighting for our healing. Yes. So you asked me one of my hardest decisions, talk about our kids and whatnot. One of my hardest decisions was telling my children about my abuse because that is very, a lot of people may disagree with me on this Mm -hmm. because many people think that we should not share certain things with children because they're children. But I've always said, you can never over-educate a child and it's never too young to learn Mm -hmm. because if they've been taught the right way Mm -hmm. and they're given the tools, how is that wrong to prep them? But people think it's taking away their innocence, but it's not. You're sharing real life with your children. And empowering education is very empowering. Yes. And they need to understand that. And they do understand it because we have very difficult conversations in our house. We have the hard conversations. You have to have the hard conversations because I don't care what you think as a parent, your child is hearing things out there at school, at church, sports, functions, social gatherings. They are hearing things. Yes. But the difference was they're now hearing it about somebody they know. And that is different. And it was, you know, I cried to Jeff about it many times. We need to tell the kids, I want the kids to understand. I want the kids to know because our lives were changing with the boundaries I had implemented. Right. So certain people weren't going to be, that's right. Why are they, what's going on with mom? Yeah. Yeah. Holidays change, you know, so it was a puzzle piece you needed to deliver, but how did, How did that go? I sat them all down and Jeff and I both did. And he was fully supportive of it, of course, because we do believe in educating our children very young and we talk about everything. And so we sat them down at our kitchen Island. We sat them down and we said, we wanted to share something with them. Mm -hmm. And they were very apprehensive at first and, and scared. Mm-hmm. And I just let them know, Hey, I just wanted you guys to know something that happened to mommy when she was, when she was younger. And I want to open up the floor to have that conversation. This will be a tough conversation, but nothing you ask is off the table. You are allowed to ask any questions that you have. Now, of course, I didn't go into the nitty gritty details mm-hmm. because that's not, you know, that's not important, yeah. but I let them know that I was sexually abused when I was young. And I told them who it was because they know this person and my girls looked at me and they told me that it didn't surprise them because they had never felt safe with him. Okay. And they felt that vibe. Listen, kids can, I'm telling you, they can sense things. And that's why we to trust their bodies. Yes. And that's everything. And, you know, us growing up, it would always be like, give your uncle a hug, give grandpa a hug, go sit on his lap, go get, no, listen, if my kids don't want to come near you or even in the vicinity of you, they're not going to, but they didn't tell you they felt uncomfortable until you exactly. So it helped when I told them about my abuse. Now my youngest, he just turned eight. So when I told him this was two years ago, maybe, um, he was six. Yeah. So, you know, he understands it as, oh, somebody inappropriately touched mommy. Yeah. And he's like, well, he's bad. My, at that time, my six-year-old understood what the word consent means. Mm -hmm. My children have always understood what consent means. That type of verbiage was never used growing up. We didn't have those kind of conversations. So I love that we were able to sit here and talk and, you know, my daughter cried you know, my older daughter cried and she hate that I went through that. And, and, but you know what? It's appropriate. It's an appropriate response. Yes. Yes. And my oldest son, 
he 17, he's my, he's my oldest. And well, he was 16 when, you know, and he goes into fight mode. Yeah. How dare he? Yeah. Also, what did dad do to him? Uh, (laughs) You know? And so that again is appropriate, but we had the most amazing conversation after I shared my abuse with my children, with my children. Mm -hmm. Then they're asking questions. Then they're telling me stories. They've seen things happen at school and they've asked about it. My daughter, my oldest daughter, she's had friends come to her. She now is a safe place. Mm -hmm. She now is so educated on understanding consent and being inappropriate and sexual abuse, sexual assault. Mm -hmm. She's so educated on it now because we've had those hard conversations that now she gets to be a safe place for her friends. She now she's had girlfriends come to her and, and she sits with them. She doesn't tell them how to fix it. Mm -hmm. She sits with them. Mm -hmm. She gets to be a safe place. And I love that. And that came from my abuse. Yeah. You know, and now my oldest son, he, I just absolutely adore the gentleman he is. Mm -hmm. And he tells his friends, listen, teenage boys are disgusting, plain and simple. (laughs) Most of them are little assholes, plain and simple. (laughs) And my son gets to say, Hey, bro, that's not, that's not okay. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. And I love that. And I take pride in that. And I think that's amazing because we need more gentlemen. Yeah. And so out of the hardest, one of the hardest decisions. Yep. Out of a very uncomfortable conversation, it has come to really seeing them blossom into young adults. And it's beautiful and amazing. And I love it. And I'm proud of what they took from that. They could have sat there and fallen apart and not understood a lick of what I was trying to convey to them, but they absorbed it and they sat with it. My younger daughter, she didn't react in that moment. She sat with it. And then we got to have some one-on-one conversations about it. And she's the one that is ready to cut anybody that comes for her people. (laughs) (laughs) So she got to kind of go through different stages, you know? So she dealt with that and and it was great. And now, gosh, we have some of the most amazing, uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as parents, we can't react, right? We can't react to those conversations. We get in the nitty gritty. We have the conversations and we do it. And, and it's amazing. Yeah. And so that conversation with your kids was one of the most toughest you know, most difficult conversations that you would walk into. But I want to also talk about, and this will lead us into our next conversation on the next podcast. So part three um, will be the hard conversation with your sister. Mm. And that is a conversation and now a relationship that I think is a great example of how this can change a relationship and how it can change an entire family. If that's right. Right. So yes. And remember how I said that healing is a beautiful mess. Mm. We've talked a little bit about the mess. Yeah. My relationship with my sister is the beautiful part. Yeah. It truly is to be the biggest mess, but it was the biggest mess. Yeah. So please stay tuned and make sure you are subscribed so that you get this when it drops. This is going to be a conversation you're not going to want to miss. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to subscribe, write a review if you heard something you liked. Even invite others to listen so we can be on this healing journey together. You can check us out on Facebook or go to IamOneVoice.org.